to SC Works Greater Upstate Workforce Wednesdays. This morning we have with Dr. Russell Booker with Spartanburg Academic Movement, and we're going to give him an opportunity to introduce himself and tell us a little bit about the work that he is doing with One Spartanburg. Thank you for having me this morning, Johnny Lynn. Um, so again, I'm Russell Booker, and I retired in uh, June of last year as a school superintendent and have moved into a couple of roles in the Spartanburg community, uh, two roles that are very much connected. Uh, so as the executive director for the Spartanburg Academic Movement, I really support um, our educational community by convening all of the partners who play a role in working with our community from cradle through careers. And on the other side of that, I'm lending support to One Spartanburg Inc., formerly the Spartanburg Chamber of Commerce, as One Spartanburg really leans into uh, building its capacity in the area of diversity, equity, and inclusion, both internally, but also supporting our broader community. And that work has come about as a result of an assessment that Alan Smith had conducted uh, about 18 months ago through Nika White Consulting, where she was able to really come in and through some focus groups, some surveys, conversations with uh, the chamber staff and our community to really look at uh, where we were on this journey to, to ensuring that we were really leaning into all of the benefits of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And out of that, there were some 91 recommendations that came about, again, both internally and externally. And my role now was to come in and really help us to prioritize and to move this work forward as a community. Absolutely awesome. I know that we're hearing a lot from companies that they're making it a new priority and it's become a, a buzzword, DEI. Yeah. Um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how it can change your company culture. Um, tell me, what, what does diversity mean to you? Yeah, so, you know, we, we try to complicate some of this terminology, and it, diversity really isn't complicated. Uh, simply put, it's difference in a given setting. Uh, so whether we're talking about our places of work, whether we're talking about, uh, you know, organizations that we're a part of outside of work uh, is, is really differences in a given setting. Thank you for that. Very simple definition. I think it's so important. Um, tell me equity and why is that important? Yeah. So, you know, and again, equity is one that's a bit more complex. So, you know, we, we get diversity and while it's a, a simple definition, I, I do think people fail to understand the benefits of, of diversity. And oftentimes, and I'm going to get to equity, but even when we talk about diversity, Johnny Land, in, in people's minds, they tend to look at two aspects of diversity, uh, gender, male and female, or we look at race. Um, you know, in, in the case of the upstate, typically it's, it's African-American or Caucasian or Latinx, Hispanic community. But it's so much more than that. So those are critical components of diversity, but we also wanna make sure we're looking at diversity through a generational lens. You know, you think about the, the numbers of millennials who are in the workplace now and what that number will grow to by the year 2030. Uh, we think about how millennials and baby boomers are now working 
together alongside one another? How do we account for, you know, the strengths that the different age groups bring to the workplace? Think about geography. Uh, you know, where are you drawing people from into your organization? You know, diversity of thought, political diversity, all of those things make for a rich work environment. So, you know, when we talk about diversity, we're talking about a number of different things that, that make us different, and that should be a strength. Now, equity is, is different. People oftentimes confuse equity with equality, and, and there's a big difference. What we're talking about in terms of equity is ensuring that, you know, the people we have in our places of employment have equal opportunity to access where they're moving within an organization. So it's, again, it's all about making sure that there is access to opportunity. Doesn't mean all things are always equal, but have we removed the barriers that are holding certain groups back? And if we're honest with ourselves, you know, we know that there are still uh, wage gaps uh, in our places of work. You know, I, I see, you know, as, as a female, you will say amen to that. So we know that those are still issues. We know that as we look at Fortune 500 companies today, you know, the makeup of leaders who are in those Fortune 500 companies. So how can we ensure that within our places of work that we have removed all of the barriers to ensure that when someone comes to become a part of this organization, you know, there is opportunity there without some of these barriers that we oftentimes face. And a lot of things sometimes get in, in the way of that. And we may have some time to unpack some of those um, barriers in a moment. But that's how I view equity. It really is access to opportunity. Absolutely. It's almost, um, if you think about the competency in apprenticeships, it's competency-based progression, right? That's so right. It's, um, it's no new thought, but it's just putting the three of them together can be so much more impactful. And I'm, I'm so excited that it's become on the forefront of not only workforce development, but just business, you know, just yeah. business practices. And what we're trying to, to get companies to do, we know that there, you've got compliance. There are things that you have to be compliant with. But we want to see, you know, our organization at One Spartanburg Inc. and, you know, businesses and industries and other organizations within Spartanburg move beyond compliance. And really, you know, so we've talked about diversity, we've talked about equity, but at the end of the day, are we really creating organizations where the people who you are hiring uh, have that sense of belonging? And that's what that I stands for. That's, that's the inclusion that we speak about in our organizations. Um, and inclusion, you know, I, I view it this way. Um, you know, I've heard people tell the story of, about being invited to a dance. Well, that's great. That, that creates that diversity, but it's so much better when you've been invited to that dance and you're given an opportunity to come in and dance. And that's what we wanna make sure we're doing is, is making sure that having diversity, but also allowing that diversity to lend a voice because that's, a, that's where the innovation comes from. So what advice would you give to a company? It comes to you and says, you know, we've got, we've got a beautiful company culture. We've got um, retention with tenure of 15 years plus. Why do we need to build something specific for DEI 
in addition to what our company culture has already generated. Yeah. So, you know, to that company, I would tell them that is great. If you've built that kind of culture, um, that is a wonderful thing. But I, I know where we are right now. Every company wants to make sure they're sustainable. So if you're coming to Spartanburg and you want to live in, in the upstate and we've got a community that doesn't embrace diversity. I mean, look, 500 international companies representing 34 countries in the upstate. You know, we better, you know, be an organization in a community that embraces diversity because guess what? They can go elsewhere. And I would take that to a micro level within a business. You may be strong right now with what you have, but I will promise you there's greater strength. And it, this is, you know, borne out when you look at the data with companies who have really leaned into creating a diverse culture within their organization. They do better you know, in terms of their return on investment. So for many, it simply makes business sense, you know, and, you know, it's a business imperative. You know, for others, and I'll speak on a more personal level, I believe as as uh, companies, we have a corporate responsibility. And I think that's what you're seeing with a lot of organizations these days. We have a responsibility to the greater good. Um, 2020, I think, pointed to some deep-rooted inequities that we have you know, throughout our communities. Um, for many, you know, those inequities weren't new. They've always known that. But for some, I think for the first time, they're really waking up to these inequities and they're taking an inward look at their own corporations. And, and I applaud them for doing that. So, you know, the other thing I would tell companies is this, people have choices today. Um, you know, my wife and I, we have a new financial uh, advisor. And as we're looking at our investments, we're only investing in companies who, whose values align with our values. Uh, as we're thinking about products we want to buy, as people are thinking about places where they want to shop and work, and yeah, they're going to be looking to see where different companies are with this moment we are in right now as a nation. And I will tell you, so many people are now leaning in to support those organizations who really are, you know, trying to be more responsive to the needs of our community at a deeper level. So I think there's a moral imperative, but, you know, sometimes that doesn't appeal to everyone, Johnny Lynn. And that's when I would say, let's look at this from a business vantage point. It is good business. Yeah, and I can certainly validate that, you know, the job seekers that we're whether they're millennials or they're baby boomers, they want to be at a place, a company who does the right thing and gives back. And, and that's really what they're looking for. It's not necessarily about the pay or the benefits. It's important, but what's most important is like you said, that, that their, their mission and vision in life align with the mission and vision of the place that they're going to yeah. spend a large amount of time. <laughs> yeah, I can point to a number of organizations, but you know, I will mention one. I, I look at the work that's going on with Milliken and Company right now. Uh, you know, Milliken and Company has been around for 155 years. They've been able to sustain themselves. But as I've watched them say, okay, how do we get to that next level? They have truly embraced diversity, equity, and inclusion as a model for their business because they realize if they're going to attract talent. You know, they need to be in the game because guess what other companies are doing now? They are doing that. 
So uh, I've been so proud to watch them and not just that, but they're sharing their expertise with the community. I was in a training on Friday with two of their associates who are helping other companies, you know, learn about simple things like unconscious bias in the workplace. Uh, you know, the work that Rickey Harris has been leading at Millican right now. So I think that's so important for organizations to also talk to one another and share some of the best practices. So my advice would also be, if you want to know more about this, contact One Spartanburg Inc. We can connect you to some like-minded organizations where you can learn what they're doing and they can kind of share their journey with some of these companies as well. Yeah, and that was going to be my next question, you know, for companies who are listening and they just, they, they feel a sense of urgency and they want to get started. In addition to making that first contact, what can they expect through the process? Is there a specific framework that they'll be following? Is it customized to each company? Can you kind of dive a little bit into that for us? Yeah, so the, the one thing I would share is that diversity, equity, and inclusion really isn't uh, an additional thing that a company would be doing. It really needs to be a part of their culture. So, you know, it, oftentimes people will create a division that focuses on diversity, equity, and inclusion, but DEI should permeate every aspect. You know, what are you doing on the procurement side? You know, are, are you really casting your net and reaching out to a diverse group of, 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 of purchasers. Uh, you know, how about HR? How does this impact what's going on with the human resources department? So on and so forth. The main thing I would share is this. This is a top-down uh, effort. And if you don't have executive level leadership, you know, when it comes to this, um, these efforts tend to fail. So where is the CEO when it comes to this? Is this a priority? Uh, where is that C-suite and, and those senior executives? Is this a priority for them? You know, if you're governed by a board, where is your board with this work? Because this typically, this isn't one of those things that you know, works from the bottom up. It has to be supported at the highest level first. So that would be the first question I would ask a corporation. How, how committed is is a senior leadership to ensuring that this organization is moving in this direction. Uh, and I think from there, uh, you know, we could give some direction on other steps that can be taken. Of course, and, and you've mentioned it a couple times, but I know that data drives decisions. So based on the work you've already done and the work you're hoping to do in Spartanburg, what results can you share about the benefits of you know, embedding this work into normal business? Yeah, so first of all, uh, you know, I can speak for One Spartanburg Inc. and and its client, and I'm proud of what's going on with One Spartanburg Inc. First of all, you know, knowing we're serving a community, we want to make sure that, you know, we're representative of the community. And I look at the work that Alan Smith has done, starting with the board. You know, what does our board look like? And if you look at where we are in terms of, of board leadership, you know, I'm proud to say that that board leadership is so much more diverse now. And it's not just diverse for numbers sake, there is talent out there. And I think about, you know, the, the new leaders who have come onto the board and what they're adding. Um, we've added a, a diversity champions group and an inclusion council. They provide leadership to the work taking place, you know, throughout organization right now. Um, when it comes to staffing and hiring, you know, it is a priority for us right now. 
And then we're also doing some training within the community, um, whether it's nonprofits who you know want to know a little bit more about this work, working with their boards. Uh, so a number of, of different things are taking place. As I think about our recovery efforts uh, with bringing back the Berg, um, we know that you know, different groups are re recovering at different rates, Johnny Lynn. I shared some data last Friday with Leadership South Carolina. If you look at high wage earners and where they are in terms of recovery, uh, they're back in terms of where they once, once were with employment. If you look at the lowest wage earners, you know, we're still as much as 20% unemployment right now. So how do we ensure an equitable recovery? That's one of the things that we're being intentional about through the Bringing Back the Bird Recovery Fund. Um, of course, that fund is open for a number of businesses, but the vast majority of the companies who have been suffering, if we look at the data, have been minority-owned companies. So we've made that a priority, and I think that's a tangible thing that you can see as a part of uh, our commitment to this work. And then, you know, there will be other work coming about as a result of some community efforts that One Spark Merck Inc. is involved in as well, where we're really looking at uh, equity through a community lens. And we've been a big voice in those conversations. Awesome. Well, I, I certainly share your passion for the work and appreciate your commitment to this. I think that we're going to see great things. And I know companies are, they're ready, they're willing to learn and just to see exactly how they can start to affect change within their local community and within their local plant or business. Yeah. Um, so we appreciate you and I, I wanna give you this opportunity if there's anything else you'd like to add before we close. Yeah, I would just say, regardless of where a company might be today in terms of their diversity, equity and inclusion journey, let's make inclusion a priority because whether you are black or white, you know, male or female, uh, Latino, old or young or everywhere in between, you want your employees to, to really feel like and know that they have a voice and that they are a part of the organization. So that's where you start. Uh, and from there, you know, we, we grow and, and we add to the richness of our workplaces. Um, but I think that should be a priority for all of us right now. And there's so much out there to read and to glean from in this space. So, you know, become aware. Do some reading on your own, and you know I wish everyone the best as they move forward. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Booker, and I'll be sure to get all of the information to contact your local one Spartanburg about the DEI sessions that will be available, and um, we'll just keep bringing you some great information and look forward to hearing some results. Maybe six months down the road, we'll get Dr. Booker back on. And we'll hear what kind of impact is taking place. So thank right. you again for your time and thank you for your partnership. Thank you, John.